You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, Rangers writer at WFAA, joined as always by Morgan Price of LoneStarBall.com. We want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own through Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Morgan, this offense was extremely rewarding for the Rangers. How are you doing tonight after this offensive masterpiece? I'm doing really good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Um, it got a little shaky there at the end. But yeah. <laughs> the Rangers <laughs> pulled it through. Uh, Rangers win 10-9. to they gave up seven runs in the eighth and ninth inning combined, um, not each, because <laughs> um, that math doesn't add up. It may not be a mathematician, but I know that math adds up to 14. So, yeah. Um, but let's let's start with the starters. Uh, Mike Miner went six innings, and um, I got to go pull up the stat, but he had, I don't know if it was active, but... And it definitely is an active after tonight because he allowed a couple earned runs. He went six innings, struck out 11. But yes, um, going into tonight, he he sealed the um, the longest consecutive scoreless inning pitch in Globe Life Park history um, with 29 and two-thirds innings. Um, started on... When was that? I'm trying... Why can I not see know what the number four? April. April 3rd. I was looking at four slash three and I'm like, what day and month <laughs> is that? Um, but I got to read you some of these other, the other people on this list. Um, so 29 and two thirds inning is the record. The previous record was held by CJ Wilson. Um, I believe it was back when he was a reliever with 25 and two thirds innings. But like the range on these is kind of insane. I got to go look up this one name. Cause there's one guy, I don't know who he is. Um, but anyway, the next one at 22 and a third innings was uh, Sam Dyson. Let me go back to C.J. Wilson. Oh. His his was from July 27th, 2009 to April 27th, 2010. So, uh, I wasn't watching mu- then. That's why I don't remember it. He must have been a reliever. Um, I vaguely remember C.J. Wilson as a young reliever in 2010. Um, but the next one, Sam Dyson, went from... August 29th, 2015 to May 25th, 2016. That was 22 and a third innings. And then this next guy, Shigatashi Hasegawa, who I had never heard of him um, until today. And I got to go look up who he I didn't even remember him playing for the Rangers. Um, even like, okay, he did play for the Rangers. That makes me feel a little bit better. He played for the Anaheim Angels from 97 until 2001 and then from 2002 to 2005 he was with seattle and he was an all-star in 2003 so he had that his scoreless inning streak this is kind of wild it goes from april 10th 1999 until september 18th of 2003 wait what 
because he was an opposing pitcher. So he only pitched there every once in a while. He had 22 innings between those wow. like that four year span. And Neftali Feliz had had 22 innings as well from August 13th, 2010 to May 25th, 2011. So that was just a little fun stat. While the, it's like all relievers and then Mike Miner. Yeah. But Mike Miner blew it out of the water by four innings. Um, and those 22 innings, he just kind of he crushed them. But he was doing really well today. All those strikeouts, I really liked seeing his strikeouts go up. And he was pretty efficient. He still went through six innings. And it felt like, oh, man, he only went through six innings. But it's like, wait a minute. That's like far and away better than almost anybody else on the team does, except yeah. for Lance Lynn. So how did you think he did? I thought he did really good. Um, I mean, every time he comes out, that's the – he's like – Lance Lynn, I'm more confident in now, too. But, you know, Mike Miner comes out, I'm like, okay, this is, we have a huge chance at winning this game or at least having a close game because his only blowout game from my memory so far this season was the first uh, series against the Cubs. So since then, I just feel like anytime he's going to come out, I have like high hopes for the team, especially as far as like pitching goes. Yeah, yeah, and it's really nice to have that feeling. Yeah. And, I mean, the Rangers had it when they had Cole Hamels, and they also mm-hmm. had it when they had um, when they had you Darvish, and having a guy like that is just, whew. Yeah. It's, it's such a relief, especially when you have an offense like this. Like, the Rangers didn't quite have an offense like this that, or that was that this consistent during those days. And, I mean, when your offense puts up, five runs in the first inning and you've barely done anything. You're like, all right, here we go. Let's go to work. And that's exactly what he did. He went right at hitters. He only walked one player. That was nice. And that's really what you need your ace to do when he's spotted that big, that big lead early on. It's just go on, go at him, go eat some innings. But this is exciting. It was a complete team performance. Um, everybody had a hit. Um, was it six players? Yeah. Six different yep. players had multi-hit games. But nobody had more than two. So, you know, spreading the wealth around. Only one walk, and that was, of course, by Joey Gallo, because who wouldn't? But <laughs> there were so many extra base hits in this one, Morgan. Um, what what was it that was just making them just balls just like fly off their bats today? I mean, I guess they really were liking what they saw from Leak today because they just, they, it was kind of like, when they played, oh, I already blanked on who the pitcher was, but last week it, they kind of had the same feel where there was just that one inning and they just like went off. Like they figured out the pitcher and what was, was it? it Michaelis? Player? No. Miles Michaelis? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think and, that was the one I was thinking of too. And they just like somehow something just clicks and they see it and then it's like they just cannot stop hitting, which is so fun to watch. And especially, I feel like coming in because I was looking through all of the Rangers before the season started and you know didn't have high expectations didn't have high hopes kind of felt like they had a lot of streaky players within their lineup but their consistency has really surprised me because they have been so consistent and I didn't expect that and I hope it stays throughout the whole season I hope so too and Odor's really been cranking it up he had a a yeah three-run Joey Jack in the first inning that was the the back three of the um, or was it the middle three? I don't know. 
It was three of the five runs in the first inning, but he hit that an absolutely long way. It was over 450 feet. And his OPS, I feel like it was at 400 just like not too long ago. He's still only hitting 169, but his OPS is up over 600 right now, which like is a like major league caliber player. It's like OPS, like it's not like absolutely cratered. So that's exciting to see him getting back on track a little bit. Danny Santana played shortstop. I didn't really notice him doing anything, which is exactly what you want from a guy who's yeah. not necessarily a shortstop. And by the way, his OPS is almost at 900 and he's hitting 320. So, um, yeah, that's your your backup shortstop. So <laughs> it's pretty exciting when you can go ahead and do that. Meanwhile, Hunter Pence, I almost said Mike Pence. <laughs> different Pence, very different Pence. Um, Hunter Pence continues to hit the daylights out of baseballs. His home run, which was his ninth home run of the season, was just an absolute moonshot deposited in the away bullpen. And it was in like the, the literally the deepest part of the bullpen. And I think it bounced up and over and back into the stands behind it. I'm not exactly sure, but Joey also hit a, a home run in the bullpen um, not too far away from that uh, time-wise. Yeah, Gallows was in the seventh inning and Pences was also in the seventh inning. Yeah, so, they were they were the second back to back homers of the game. Oh, yeah. I was like I was like, I, I know it's close. <laughs> okay, yeah, right after the other one. Yeah, and and Joey was was the first batter that um, Marco faced. Um, he had a like twelve ERA. Um, Parker Markle. That's a oh interesting name. Um, anyway, Parker Markle <laughs> was twenty eight, not twenty seven. Yeah, he came in and, and was it the it was early on in the count. I I want to say I can't remember exactly, but Joey just smashed the crap out of that one too. Odor had a home run. Ezra Cabrera had a pair of home runs, which now he has nine. Um, yeah, so that was four different players. Yes, four different players hit home runs for five total home runs. Rangers also had. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five. Five doubles as well. So 10 extra base hits and 10 runs. <laughs> Pretty solid day at the office. What did you say, Morgan? Oh, I would definitely say so. And then pitching to help back you up for the most part until the last couple of innings. But not a bad day. Yeah, not a bad day. Uh, Brett Martin had two-thirds solid innings. Um, let up one hit and struck out a pair for his two outs. Um, Shelby Miller bullpen man now that he is um not a super great day no <laughs> uh, when you give up a grand slam in a relief appearance and all of those runs are earned and they are all your runs it is decidedly not good no not uh, good Ra at all rangers were on top 10 to 2 at that point when mike minor left and then shelly miller came in and pitched an inning in the third gave up three hits and a walk and every single base runner he allowed scored He'd strike out two for half of his outs, which that, that's a thing. And then Chris Martin had his shakiest outing of the season. And like that was that was the the workhorse, the guy who you trusted the most in the bullpen, I feel like at this point. They even had Jose Leclerc warming yeah. in the bullpen in the bottom of the or in the top of the ninth inning. And I was like, wait a minute. This was a ten two game. Like yeah. in the seventh inning. What is going on? But you know, to their credit, everything worked out fine. Uh, Martin settled down. He gave up three runs in his um, his one inning, 
Uh, he also gave up a home run. So that was just kind of like, just, okay, can we just not do this today? Uh, <laughs> this is not, we didn't think there's going to have to be any drama, but you know, it's the Rangers. So there's always some drama at some point, but they got through it. They survived. They piled a crap ton of runs on the Mariners, and I'm sure they'll continue to pile a crap ton on tomorrow as well. But it's, I, the Rangers really like hitting against the Mariners, just like hurting their feelings. And, you know, sometimes it's good to hurt people's feelings, especially when they're <laughs> your rivals. Yep. Not that I encourage it outside of sports, but I feel like in this context, it's all right. What about you, Morgan? I'll agree with that. Um, just a little quick note. Tommy Malone is making his first start of the season for the Mariners next year, or next year, tomorrow. <laughs> That's some real good insider information you got there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tommy Malone has bounced around a whole lot. Um, nickname is, T- wait, Tommaso Malone? Wait, what? This is weird. It says his name is Tommy Malone, but it's short for Tommaso. Um that just threw off my entire brain. I don't know how to handle that. <laughs> um, he's a 32-year-old lefty, um, and he's bounced around a lot of different places. He was originally drafted by, yeah, the Washington Nationals in the 10th round in 2008. Um, went to USC, made his debut in 2011, had five starts for the Nationals, and did pretty well. Looks like basically five innings a start. Had an ERA just under four. Then went to Oakland where he started 31 games for them, pitched 190 innings, ERA 374, Oakland again, 2013, and was traded in 2014 from Oakland to Minnesota. Basically, he's been around like over 100 innings almost every season. Um, 2016, he stayed in Minnesota from when he got traded in 2014 through 2016. Yeah, and then he signed with Milwaukee in 2017 and then got traded to the Mets back half of 2017 last year he was back in washington and now he is in seattle man this guy has been everywhere (laughs) looks like kind of general average front of the mill kind of lefty starter um can't say he's done anything that memorable but he has had a very long major league career so good on you tommy tomaso gosh like i i can't did Tommaso just ruined me? I don't. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with Tommaso. Was Tommaso with you? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was a horribly terrible break. But you know, I, I don't. I don't even know where to go with that, from that. There's, there's no saving this. Um, so while I'm going off the rails, let's just go ahead and take a break and collect ourselves. And when we come back. We got some important Josh Hamilton news. All right, we're back, and we don't have to make any more jokes about Tommaso. Um, I don't even want to think about it anymore because it's going to send me <laughs> off the rails again. But some important news is is that Josh Hamilton is going into the Rangers Hall of Fame. Isn't that exciting? That's very exciting. And also, I was kind of surprised only, not that he would be going into it, but just the announcement because I didn't expect any kind of announcement about the Rangers Hall of Fame. And I also didn't realize it had been three years since they inducted anyone into it. So it was unexpected because I guess I kind of just forgot about it. Yeah, makes sense. It's not something that happens a whole lot. Was was Pudge the last player to to be it, inducted? 
Um, it was Michael Young in 2016. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Pudge, I think, oh. was 2014. I think. I guess I'm just I'm getting that confused with the um with the Jersey yes. retirement ceremony. That's what it was. Because I was thinking it was Pudge too, and then I looked it up. I was like, oh. It was Michael Young. But yeah, those get confusing because then I started thinking, okay, Beltre's is a reti- Jersey retirement, not Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but, you know, Pudge, they had to go ahead and wait around for like 18 million years too long until they retired his number. Like yeah. 30, like how many people was it that wore his number after he retired? And I'm like, seven is Pudge. What are you doing? Yeah. What are any of you doing? Stop this. This is Pudge's number. Don't be rude. <laughs> but they continue to be rude and it was fine um but Pudger's okay with it so that's all that really matters but i'm still a little still a little annoyed you know but <clears throat> i like that that delino got to like go ahead and give it up and be like the last one who was like actively wearing it he's like nope i'm switching to three now it's cool yeah. we're good but as much as I love David Murphy, I'm like, David Murphy, like that's ballsy for a guy who's a fourth outfielder. Like, you know what? <laughs> Seven. Seven's mine. <laughs> this is it. Um, love you, David. But whew, that took some cojones. Um, <laughs> props, props to you on that. But we're here to talk about Josh Hamilton and, and not the number seven or, or David Murphy, as, as neat as he might be. Um, but I just kind of want to like just first off go over some of the incredible feats that josh hamilton did he came to texas in 2008 and he was an all-star every single year that he was in texas and literally nowhere else from 2008 to 2012 he was an all-star every single year except for 2015 when he was 34 but we don't we don't really have to talk about (laughs) it's fine um we will talk about one game there later um anyway in his third season with texas when he yeah, his third season with Texas when he was 28, he won his MVP. That was my first year following baseball. He hit 350 freaking nine. 359. Jeez. With an on base of 400 and slug 633 for an entire year while playing elite, elite defense in the outfield. Mostly, mostly left field, I think, that year, um, but also quite a bit of center field every single year that he was there. He only played in 133 games that year. He still won the MVP because he had 30 home runs and 40 doubles that year. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. And he also struck out fewer than 100 times. Just wow, mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling the stuff that he could do on a baseball field. If not for the sadness and terribleness of addiction and just the debilitating nature yeah. of that he could have been the greatest baseball player of all time. And it's so sad to see that. But the fact that the Rangers got to glimpse just so much joy while he was here was incredible to watch. So let's just kind of go through some of our favorite moments from him. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and start just two, two from each of us, but I'll let you go ahead and start. Okay. So the first memory I'm going to do is going to be an actual like game memory whereas the second one is more of just like something funny that I just randomly remember forever so (laughs) we'll start with the one that most everyone remembers and not just myself um (laughs) the four home run game in Baltimore now yes we all love that game we all remember that game but I didn't realize or remember that all of those home runs were two run home runs which somehow just makes it even better that's 
like I now <laughs> remember like the pattern of like, oh, someone got on base and then Hamilton's coming up. Is he going to do it? And then he did it. And it was like every single time. Of course, he had two home runs and then because he went five for five that night. So he had two mm-hmm. home runs and then he had a double and then two more home runs, which I love the symmetry of that, too. Just everything that, about that was perfect. And that double was off the wall. If it was like three feet higher, yes. it would have been a five home run game, which no one's ever done. Which would have Ugh. just made it even crazier. Like four home even sometimes like two home runs in a game is kind of crazy to think about. So four is like it's just crazy. It's insane. And I even remember like Tom and Busby were calling that game and like they were all they had like so much joy that we had like they couldn't believe it either which I just think those moments are even better when like the broadcasters who have played the game and watched the game for so long are just as excited as the fans it was just really cool but I wanted to see if you remembered who started that game for Baltimore he Hamilton hit um a first inning home run and a third inning home run off of him I don't know that I can remember who it is. Is is it is the player still in the big leagues right now? Yes. Okay. He's a well known he's a well known starting pitcher. He doesn't pitch in the AL anymore. Um Okay, and I think I know one of them was was Darren O'Day was one of the relievers, right? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um oh, he's not in the AL anymore. Um, which means he's obviously in the NL. Uh huh. Um, I just can't. I can't think of like any <laughs> Orioles pitchers, like literally ever. Because besides just the ones that were like former Texas Rangers. He's not. I would say that he's not really. He's more well known as a starter for a different NL team and not Baltimore, which probably doesn't help, but. I mean, Baltimore isn't an an NL team. Well, he's not really well-known for pitching with him. He's not well-known for the team he's on right now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I I don't think I can get this. Who is it? Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta? Yeah. What? Right? What? Right? Holy cow. When was... Was he not drafted by the Cubs? No. Interesting. The feat is, is so rare. There's there's only been six, yes, six players in AL history to hit a um a four homer game. There have been twelve, however, in the NL. That wow. is insane. Um so nobody in the American League has done it since Josh Hamilton. In 2012. But there have been two players to do it since him in the NL. Ooh. I think I know one. Go ahead and guess. Nolan Arenado? Nope. Really? Okay. Is it Bryce Harper? Nope. Wow. Okay. One of them is is J.D. Martinez, and the other is, you will never guess, was that the most random game in MLB history, in my opinion, uh, Scooter Jeanette <gasps> in 2017. Oh, okay. That was, that was the dumbest, weirdest game ever. Was, was J.D. Uh, Martinez when he was with the D-backs? It was. It was okay. in, in 2017 because it was like 
about three months later. Um, but before them, like before Josh Hamilton, the last person to do it, it was Carlos Delgado. Okay, so I'm going to read off the ones in AL history. Lou Gehrig okay. did so in 1932. That was the first one when he was with the Yankees. Um, Pat Seary, is 16 years later in 1948 with the Chicago White Sox. And then, go ahead and take another jump forward. Um, Rocky Colavito um, with the Cleveland Indians um, against the Orioles in 1959. Then... Take a huge jump forward, and you got Mike Cameron with the Mariners, who did in 2002, Carlos Delgado with the Blue Jays in 2003, then Josh Hamilton with the Rangers in 2012. So those are the six. I'm the first one to ever do it was, oh my goodness, Bobby Lowe for the Boston Bean Eaters. (laughs) (laughs) A second baseman for the Boston Bean Eaters. I'm looking right at it. On baseball, bean eaters, bean eaters, no <laughs> hyphen or anything, just Boston bean eaters. In uh, on May thirtieth, eighteen ninety four, and then there's a guy Ed Delahanty, um, did it for the Phillies against the somebody Colts in eighteen ninety six, and then it wasn't happened for another forty years Jeez. until thirty six with Chuck Klein and the Phillies. All right. That's enough about these random old baseball players. Yeah, the we Boston, went on a tangent. <laughs> Boston Bean Eaters. Um, just no hyphen, just Bean Eaters. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's enough about them. But I'm going to go to mine. Um, yes. This is my actually my second favorite memory of him. Uh, was just I'm going to go ahead and say the series. Uh, this, this series against the, um, the New York Yankees in 2010 um, when mm-hmm. the Rangers went to the World Series where he just absolutely went off. He had four home runs that series. Uh, Josh Hamilton was just an absolute monster against the Yankees. If y'all don't remember, um, in games two through uh, four, Josh Hamilton just absolutely went off, and the Rangers won three straight games. They won two of those, um, game three and four, in New York, which is incredibly difficult to do, and Josh Hamilton just absolutely went bonkers in that game four. Um, let's see, where was it? He had two home runs. Um yeah, just two home runs, and he two solo home runs that just went off. Vlad Guerrero also had a four-hit game that day. Benji Molina had a three-hit game that day. By the way, Benji Molina hit like over 350 in that series. Just wild, wow. wild, random note. And also Elvis Andrews hit like over 300. Elvis was just dominating right then. Anyway, so that that's my my second favorite memory. Um, what's your what's your next? Your your last memory that you're you're sharing about Josh Hamilton. Okay, so me and my dad might be the literally the only people that remember this very specific moment in time, but and I don't know why it stuck with us for now seven years, but um, in 2012, maybe people remember this vague memory, but um, Hamilton seemed to lose his bats in the stands quite a bit that year. <laughs> I remember that. Um. But there was this one instance where he, and it, it obviously had to have happened after he lost multiple bats, but he had one at bat. I don't know how many pitches there were, but he lost the bat. And he kind of like smiled and then went off to the dugout, sprayed his bat with some with something. I don't know. In my mind, it's like super glue because the best part about that moment is he came back 
I can't remember if he showed the ump or the catcher or just like everyone, but he was he just had his hand held out, wasn't gripping the bat, but the bat was stuck to his glove. Like, look, I'm not gonna lose it this time because I sprayed something on it. It's probably super glue. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> but he just had like a childlike amusement on his face by it that it just stuck with me. My dad, I just remember laughing out loud at how funny it was that he was like, "Look." I know I lose a lot of bats now. I have a solution to it. And it just stuck to his glove. Look, I'm just doing my best here, guys. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> oh, what a delightful guy. Yeah. Um, and this is my, my last Josh Hamilton moment. Um, I'm literally watching the video right now. And it's making me feel all these feelings. It's one of my favorite all-time baseball memories. Um, it's just one of those redemption sports stories. Um but back when this is in May of 2015, uh, I think it was the last day of May. Yeah, May 31st, 2015. Josh Hamilton comes in to pinch hit um, down one run, the bottom of the ninth with two outs. There's a runner, runners on the corners. And I can't even see who this pitcher is. Um, but Josh Hamilton pinch hits. There is um, Hanser Alberto. Oh my oh, yes. gosh, it's against Koji Wahara. Wow. Against Koji Wahara in his <gasps> Koji Wahara nest. Wahara est. Um, <laughs> in his most Koji Wahara. Um, and he takes this, his splitter. And I forgot how incredible this pitch was. It was, it was one of his, when his splitter was so absolutely devastating. Yeah. And um, this pitch was low and away, one on one count. It was like definitely below the strike zone and definitely like off the plate. And he takes it and he just barrels it and puts it into left center field into the gaps and he starts running and running and running and Prince Fielder is the one on first base. And so they send Prince Fielder, left fielder picks it up. Um, relay throw to the plate was not in time. Prince Fielder slides in head first and just jumps up and starts like just bodying <laughs> everyone around him. Leonis Martin is the first one to him. Keone Killa is here. Everybody is absolutely like mobbing him. And I remember when this happened, I was just like, I was losing my mind. <laughs> he he turns around the base. He like kicks his leg out in front of him and then he fist bumps. And Leonis Martin and Shinsu Chu are like sprinting to him. Oh my with just gosh. like these little like childlike faces and just oh. so giddy and so happy. And everyone just loves him. And like, oh, my heart absolutely melted. It was one of my favorite moments like of watching baseball that ever. It's like right up there with with Jose Trevino and his of like of like re regular season yeah. moments that aren't like competitive moments of just like little one-off instances where it just like it melts your heart every time you think about it it's yeah. that one and then Jose Trevino's um, Father's Day walk-off it's just every time I think about those it just oh, it brings such a joy to my heart it's such a it's special like, moment it's a storybook moment that you're like this is actually real life like this isn't a scripted thing that like someone was like oh let's just have this happen it wouldn't ever really happen like it actually happened it really did and it's just moments like that where you think man i freaking love baseball yes baseball's the best for all those times that it sucks for all those times where it rips your heart out for all those times where if the rangers lost today um games like this where you're <laughs> like oh gosh this should not be a thing i should not have to worry about this but for all those times where it it just you think why do i care why do i invest so much time and so much energy and so much emotions it's moments like that where you think yeah yeah this is where i'm spending my time this is a good choice yeah all right 
You know what else is a good choice? Listening to our podcast. We do appreciate all of you um, living in these moments with us and helping helping us and, I don't know, just supporting us, and we really do appreciate it. Um, tell all your friends to subscribe to us on Apple, um, Stitcher, Spotify, or um, the new Himalaya app, uh, the app for podcasts. It's a really great app for podcasting and podcasting only. Um, fills all your podcasting app needs. Um, at least that's what I say, and that's what um, <laughs> Morgan says. And, you know, yep. that's really all that matters, so... Um, really do appreciate it. I'm Bryce Patrick. I'm Morgan Price. And hashtag together we pod.